Happy Tuesday, Seattle hockey fans. Happy game day. That's right. Round two of the 2023 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and the Seattle Kraken are in Dallas. We have a special Squadcast episode for you, getting you ready for the series. Let's get it cracking. From the depths of the standings in year one to the base of that playoff mountain in year two, the Seattle Kraken have clinched their very first spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Today's episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Let's get into the Squadcast! Welcome in, everybody, to this Western Conference crossover for the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. My name is Dane Lewis, host of Locked on Stars. And I'm joined now by Erica L. Ayala, host of Lockdown Seattle Kraken. And Erica, this is maybe not the, the round two matchup that people were expecting, but it's it's set, it's bound to be a very exciting matchup. The Kraken have taken down the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. They advanced to round two, their first season in the playoffs, and they win their very first series. How does how does that feel? Just as someone who's watched this team since it's you know beginning last year to see them where they are now. Can you describe that feeling of what it's been like watching this team? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's been exciting. It's always exciting to see um, the playoffs. But I think what's been most exciting for me is, you know, you alluded to that many, not many people thought that this would be the matchup. Um, but I think it's been exciting truly to see people underestimate the Seattle Kraken. And I think they're big storylines that people know a little bit about, but uh, it's definitely come to my attention that not many people know the ins and outs of this team. And um, that's been exciting for, for the team to really step up and play the best version of Seattle Kraken hockey I've ever seen. Absolutely. And you started to lean into it there a little bit, and that's kind of where I want to start off. What, what from your perspective, is the biggest storyline for this Seattle team? I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can slice it, but you're the expert here, and so what What are your thoughts going into this series? What's the biggest storyline uh, for this Kraken squad as they get ready for this round two matchup? Well, I think you have to start with firsts. You know, we over at Locked on Kraken, our everydayers know, really had a lot of fun leaning into this is the first time, you know, the Seattle Kraken ever do. When it's the first year, everything's first. But yesterday, last night, at the time that we're recording, the Seattle Kraken became the first team to – advanced to the second round of the playoffs by beating the reigning and defending champion. So that's a pretty big storyline and uh, don't believe everything you read on the internet, but you know, <laughs> obviously, and I I'm sure we'll get to this with your series as well. There's been a lot of conversation about the physicality and from my vantage point on under written storyline is really how Seattle found a way to play a physical game without it being over the top. Now, unfortunately we did have two players get injured, Jared McCann and Colangelo um, from, 
from Colorado, pretty bad hits, both of them, if we're being honest. But putting putting it outside of those two, I think that Seattle is a blue-collar team that I had questions on whether if someone wanted to, as I say, play bully ball hockey with us, would we be able to endure it? And earlier in the regular season, this year in particular, the answer for me at least has been no. But Seattle found a way to evolve their game or maybe level up their game so that they are, are were putting on more hits than the other teams, um, or in this case, Colorado, than the other team. And for me, although I, I don't, especially coming from the women's hockey game, I don't put too much stock into hits, but in our round one series, I think the physicality and, and seeing how Seattle weren't going to just be tossed around like a rag doll. That was a pretty big storyline for me. So I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I feel like I, I, I know from my vantage point, maybe what some of the storylines were from the Dallas series. And obviously we played each other in the regular season as we were marching towards the playoffs, but mm -hmm. I'm very curious to hear from you. What do you think are some of the storylines? Yeah, I think there's some similarities here with both of our teams. The Stars also had their share of, you know, physical encounters. They lose Joe Pavelski in the first game of their series against Minnesota. A pretty questionable hit from Matt Dumba low in the offensive zone. And, you know, Pavelski goes into concussion protocol and hasn't been back since, but he's been skating. He traveled with the team uh, for game six when they went back to St. Paul to close out that series. And so I feel like that's kind of where things start is, are they going to get Pavelski back? Right. So I think that that can add a whole new dynamic to the Stars' offense, which has still found a way to run fairly smoothly. Uh, a few hiccups here and there in, in some of these games against Minnesota. But, I mean, you you recreate that line of, you know, Rope Hintz at the center and then Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski out at the wings. And I, I think that opens a lot of different things up for the Stars. And, and also coming off of that, and, and I think you kind of touched on this too, is how is this series going to play out from that physical standpoint? Because I feel like both teams are coming from, you know, Dallas and Seattle are coming from series where it was such a grinded out, you know, shift by shift. Guys are, you know, really going after it along the boards, battling for the puck. And I mean, we see several different players get injured and I'm sure there's a lot more that's happened that we're not even aware of that guys are fighting through. And now it's, you know, two teams, Dallas and Seattle, that aren't necessarily known for that bruising style of hockey. Uh, although both of them do have guys that can lay some hits, but I, I think it's going to line up to be a different series and it's going to be these teams finding different ways to beat each other that doesn't necessarily come down to who can hit the hardest or who can, you know, hit, you know, hit the most guys along the boards or leave the team that they're going up against the most bruised and beaten. I think it's going to come down to more skill and puck possession, uh, zone entries and, and who can, you know, win those battles and who can win the battles up around the crease. And of course, goaltending, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later on, but I, I really do think that's kind of where it starts for the stars is, can they win a series in a different fashion? Because I think this is going to be a little bit more of a, a different type of series for both of these teams, just in how they're going to have to find ways to get wins. And I think that that makes it interesting. And that's kind of the game within the game of, you know, these coaches and the players. It's a, a you know, mental chess match of, you know, yeah. finding the, the ways to exploit the opponent or finding what your strengths are and using those to your advantage. Yeah. And you said it right there. It's going to be a chess match. And I, again, some of the, you know, I think that there were some bad hits from both teams in, in our round one and um, putting that to the side, I, I really did like how Seattle played. I thought early on, 
um, they were having that difficulty switching tactics. Game six was not a great game for us. We had a chance to wrap it up at home and that did not manifest. But I, I saw from game six to game seven, the Seattle Kraken making the changes that needed to be made. And that I think also was important. Now I've seen individual players and I know we're going to get to some players to watch coming up, but I've seen individual players that I've talked about over and over again, that not only practice to practice game to game, but also shift to shift are making changes. And it was great to see a wholesale buy-in um, from game six, where we look flat, we look tired to then game seven on the road and being able to take the series uh, from Colorado. So I think those are pretty big storylines. Yes, I do think that both of our teams, because of what happened in round one, people are going to be looking to officiating, which was huge. And I uh, I believe you talked with Brett, right, about officiating yes, on Lock yes. on NHL. <laughs> I remember that episode. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I do think, if I'm being honest, that that's going to be another storyline. Because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very honest with Stars fans. The Seattle Kraken, we had an injured player, Jared McCann. It was a very weird call that wasn't called on the ice. On review, got a five-minute, then that was reduced. And then eventually there was a hearing and a suspension. And then Everly puts on a hit that we absolutely know at all levels of hockey, they were trying to work out of the game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Mm -hmm. There was no five-minute called in the game, no hearing, no suspension. And so that could change change the game and the series massively if Everly ends up suspended. Um, so, you know, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but if round one is any indication, I think that both of our teams are probably going to have to just keep an eye out for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's an unfortunate truth that officiating is probably going to rear its head once, if not multiple times in this series and, you know, ha have a pretty big impact on the outcome of a game or even the series as a whole. But, I mean, that's, again, just an unfortunate part of the, the world that we live in in the, the state of the NHL as of, as of right now. But uh, we try to keep it focused on the players as much as we can. And you said it just a second ago. We're going to talk about some of the key players to keep an eye on in this series. But first, we're going to take a minute and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's crossover episode. And that is our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have, whether it's Stanley Cup playoff tickets, NBA playoff tickets, uh, MLB baseball is in full swing. You can get all of those tickets on the GameTime app. Uh, you can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly where you can expect to sit before you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds with two taps and you are set. Just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create, a code and create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, moving on on this crossover episode, Western Conference, round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Locked on Stars and Locked on Kraken. Here to dive in now to some of the key players to keep an eye out for. Uh, and this is a, a Kraken team that it, it just has still that interesting cast of characters of a lot of guys from the, the expansion draft and a few players that just regularly drafted to the team uh, back when they were started up. But 
you know, plenty of playoff experience on this roster. But Erica, who are some of the biggest names to keep an eye out for uh, as this series goes underway? You know, um, coming out of round one, there are two names that I think are pretty obvious, and that's Philip Grubauer. And I know you you mentioned Dane in passing goaltending, and that was a question mark. It was um, maybe it was a question mark, but also a little bit of an X factor when I had our, as I like to say, squad cast. Uh, so the everydayers listening know that I did a squad cast earlier uh, before ahead of round one. And what Chris and I were talking about was, that Philip Grubauer obviously has a lot of potential to steal games. He just hasn't done that with Seattle consistently. And with the kind of juggling back and forth what we were going to see. Well, Philip Grubauer was fantastic. And I really hope that there are some Seattle Kraken fans that are eating their words and deleting their tweets <laughs> for what they put him through at times in our very short history. I think another player that was a really fun storyline also, but I wanted to save it for this part, is Ty Cartier. He comes in, he's the AHL Rookie of the Year playing with the Coachella Valley Firebirds, gets called up after the McCann injury. We've got Andre Burakovsky out. You know, we've had players, I mean, it's that time of year. Everyone's got some injuries, and like you said, maybe some some nagging injuries that we don't even know about that people are working through. But Ty Cartier coming up big, scored a goal in a really important game for us in Game 5 the other night, but then also in Game 7, bought into the the system that Seattle is trying to deploy, which is very simple. We're playing blue collar, keep it simple type hockey, which includes being aggressive on the forecheck, but blocking shots. So I talked about the hits a little bit, but the shots blocked also getting in lanes, winning 50, 50 pucks, which you mentioned um, earlier. Those are the things that, got Ty Cartier the call up and it's exactly what he did for the Seattle Kraken at a time where very easily the franchise and the morale throughout the fan base was not only one of uh, 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 anger because of what we talked about the officiating and the hit by Kale McCarr on Jared McCann uh, it's a fully it's officially an undisclosed injury but we're pretty sure he has a concussion Um and Ty Cartier was that breath of fresh air. So those are two players coming out of round one. And I want to give just one or two more because these are kind of, these are the players that got us to where we were uh, as far as in the playoffs. And then also maybe not on the score sheet, but with their hard work and hustle, these are the players that keep us in games. And for me, that's definitely been Yanni Gord, uh, Ellie Tolvanen, and Maddie Beneers. Those are our workhorses. Those are the guys that, you know, they can do everything. They're the Swiss Army knives and their consistency is is unmatched on our team. And that's really what we need with Yanni is usually his energy and his leadership. He's a scrappy guy. And if he feels that the team needs energy coming in that way, then he'll give it Uh Maddie Beneers just such high IQ. He's got great hockey vision, sees the ice well. And so he's the right place, right time kind of guy. And Ellie Tolvanen has really bought into the defensive side of things that the Seattle Kraken again are trying to deploy, but he's also lethal and has helped boon our power play. So those are some players there. I always do this. I know we're supposed to ping pong back and forth, but I just <laughs> get so excited, you know, and, and, and I said this in our first squad cast, it's hard sometimes also for me to separate the Seattle Kraken play 
players because we are a by committee team. We had multiple goal scorers, excuse me, and that's how we were able to edge out Colorado. That was a big difference if you're looking at stats. It was their first line versus all four of our lines and Ty Cartier, who had to come in, as I mentioned, um, in the middle of the series. So that's a little bit of what we've got for Seattle. But I know that, again, we are familiar enough foes coming into uh, uh, the playoffs right out of the regular season. Had some interesting, I think, performances between the two of us. So, But uh, haven't seen you, obviously, in the postseason. So, Dane, uh, who are some players that we should keep an eye on or that you are definitely keeping an eye on when it comes to how you want this team to perform in round two? Yeah, there's a lot that I can can go through, and, I, and I'm on the same page. Once I get talking about this team and and the players <laughs> and how hard they fight, it's hard to it's hard to stop. So right. I, I'm definitely right there with you, <laughs> uh, especially with how they performed in the postseason. But I'll start off uh, in goal as well. Uh, you talk about Philip Grubauer, Jake Ottinger is also having a pretty great playoff so far. Two point zero one goals against average, a nine two nine save percentage. We all know, you know, last year in the playoffs against Calgary was kind of his you know, coming out party, if you will, his welcome to the NHL party of, you know, this guy is, you know, a young goaltender, but he's shown that the the lights can't be too bright. The stage can't be too big. And that that's carried over in a pretty demanding series against the Minnesota wild. He and the defenseman around him, you know, held Kirill Kaprizov to just one goal. Uh, Matt Boldy was held in, in check. I mean, guys in Minnesota who had been lethal all season offensively just had no answer for, for the glove uh, or the blocker, whatever it was for Jake Ottinger. Yeah. Uh, and so now the question is, can that continue, you know, to now the, the farthest that he's ever been in an NHL postseason? Because they got eliminated in round one last year. And now it's just, OK, how can he continue to find that new level and, and you know, find that new energy that you need as you continue to go? Because the playoffs are such a grind uh, just within themselves, let alone, you know, the fact that he started 60 games this season for the Stars in net. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to carry on. But you look at the skaters. Rope Hints, I feel like, is a guy that has to be discussed leading the NHL in points in the postseason so far with 12 points, five goals, seven assists, a hat trick in game two against Minnesota. He, he really stepped up big after, you know, that's game two, right after Joe Pavelski goes down and the Stars need that juice, that firepower offensively. And Hints comes in and, and provides just that. Jason Robertson, the, the only Dallas star in franchise history to score 100 points in a season. He's over a point per game in the playoffs right now. And Tyler Sagan, uh, a guy who's won the Stanley Cup before with the Boston Bruins back in 2011, but hasn't been back since and really hasn't always been the greatest goal scorer in the postseason, especially in recent memory. He, you know, he fills in for Pavelski on that top line and he has a really nice first round where he's six points in six games. I think he'll finally get relegated back to a second line role here in this series against Seattle with, you know, Pavelski likely coming back, but it was a breath of fresh air to really see him get going because he's a, I don't want to say controversial player in Dallas, but he gets paid a lot of money, one of the highest paid players in the league, and yet his production doesn't always match that. But if he's going to continue to play like this in the playoffs, I think Stars fans are going to find themselves on his side a little bit more often. And you brought up Matty Benier, so I feel like it's only right that I bring up Wyatt Johnston, uh, another Calder Trophy finalist likely. I know these two are probably going to be in the discussion with Benier's likely winning it at the end of the day. But Wyatt Johnston, 19 years old, his first Stanley Cup playoffs and you know, he might not have the flashiest numbers, but it's been really impressive to see a young kid who's still a teenager play with, you know, such calmness, such poise uh, in, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is not an easy adjustment to make. But he's found a way to, you know, keep his 
game at a consistent level. He hasn't really looked too nervous or, or, you know, unafraid. He's not the biggest player. He's one of the smallest players, in fact, on the team, but doesn't stop him from going along the boards and trying to dig those pucks out against some of the bigger players. I mean, those Minnesota Wild defensemen are some of the, the meanest and roughest in the league. And I mean, he, there was no fear uh, from number 53, which was really impressive to see for, you know, a guy who was just drafted in 2021. And, you know, maybe a- after looking at his rookie season, maybe should have been drafted a little bit higher, but he's out to prove that he belongs and, and that he isn't just a, you know, a role player or a passenger here in the postseason as a 19 year old, he, he's ready to, you know, kind of kind of do what Jake Ottinger did last year and let the NHL community know that he's arrived and that he's ready to be a star in this league. Yeah, I love it. I think that there's so much in what you said there. Um, you know, obviously the 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 Calder race is going to be interesting to see, but um, I think two teams that have players, and obviously we just came through an expansion draft, but um, I think that have players that are looking to play key roles, um, and especially those who've come from other clubs that didn't have that opportunity for whatever reason. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes times you're just not ready to to be that guy right and so um i think it could make for a really scrappy series um not in the same way that we saw again with the physicality and in my opinion it boiling over a little bit and colorado thinking they can punk us but well we saw how <laughs> that ended so uh I'm, I'm curious i'm curious to see what the the fabric and and kind of the uh, who's gonna set the pace you know and i don't i don't mean like dallas versus seattle but i do think individual players from both of our squads have the ability to just kind of take over how the series is going to go from from the drop of the puck um tomorrow night or tuesday night i should say <laughs> yeah absolutely it's and it's what's so interesting to me is that this is you know normally in the playoffs you come into a series and you can look back on the history and say oh these teams don't like each other because of this this and this but seattle's only existed for two seasons now and a lot of these players have been around for a while but there's not really a you know a recognized rivalry in the postseason, but I think that's an exciting aspect here. Is I, I do agree. I think this will be an intense, scrappy series, but maybe not to the same degree it was in round one between these two teams and their respective opponents. But j- just with you know the idea of you know you win and you advance to the Western Conference Finals, that's a big deal for both teams for different reasons. And so I think there's the potential that we could see you know some some sort of new NHL rivalry get created here in this playoffs. Uh, if, if this series ends up, you know, going the distance or if it's a back and forth affair. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. And we'll give our final thoughts and who we think is going to win this series and the X factors and everything else that you, the listener, needs to know uh, before this series gets going on Tuesday night in Dallas. But first, we got to say thank you to one more sponsor of today's episode. And that's our friends over at Athletic Greens with uh, an Athletic Greens product, AG1. Uh, whenever you take one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. There's tons of people out there who take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body can actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, third and final segment of today's crossover episode, Locked on Stars and Locked on Seattle Kraken. Thank you guys for listening and watching, making us your first listen of the day. Uh, appreciate all the everydayers out there, both cheering for the Dallas Stars and cheering for the Seattle Kraken uh, as we get ready to go here on Tuesday, the game one of the series in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. And a lot has been said about this series already. But Erica, if you're, if you're looking at this series and you look at this Seattle team, what, if, if Seattle is, is to win this series in advance to the Western Conference Finals, what, why do you think that is? Is, it a, is there an X-factor player? Is it something that the coaching staff does? From your perspective, what would be that reason? Well, I think, again, everything that Seattle has been doing, especially in this season where we saw year over year such an improvement, has been because we are doing things by committee. Or that being that, again, it's not just one person, although Jared McCann, uh, he was our leading scorer at the time, but that's because our initial leading scorer, Andre Burakovsky has also been out with injury. So um, I think it's really going to be sticking to that Kraken style hockey. Um, and that includes a strong four check that includes really playing defense by committee, particularly in all three zones, but there's a few stats that I think stand out and the penalty kill was huge for us against Colorado and we're coming in at an 88.9% clip um, while on the PK or a power kill as some may say <laughs> that being said the power play did struggle only 14% and and I'm looking at that 37.5% for Dallas and I guess the good thing is that we have a strong PK <laughs> um, but um I think that's going to be interesting special teams just overall. I think another stat that that stands out to me and uh, uh, Dave Haxel, our head coach, goes back and forth on how much he puts stock into faceoffs or even things like hits and blocks. But I do think that faceoffs, because of the possession game that Seattle wanted to play against Colorado, that became an issue. And so looking at our faceoffs, you know, we're sub 50% there and and um, I, I think that we're going to have to do better than that from from the circle. Yeah, and I'm, I have those numbers pulled up as well. I'm seeing Seattle through the playoffs, 15th, 45% in faceoff wins, and Dallas, 56.3%. That's first. And that, that's going to be a really interesting matchup. That's something that the Stars pride themselves on is having a guy on every line, if not multiple guys, that can go out uh, and win a draw, and especially in, in late-game situations, whether it's, you know, down a goal and you, you need one or you're defending in the defensive zone and the other exactly. team has their goalie pulled, it, it can be, you know, make or break uh, whether or not you're exactly. able to win those faceoffs. Yeah, that that and special teams. Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating because that, that's really where a lot of the Stars offense came in round one was the power play. And so one, how are these teams going to be disciplined? Are they going to be disciplined mm -hmm. enough to not take penalties? But again, I mean, they can only do so much. We talked about the officiating. It, it's going right. to rear its head at some point. But, and also which penalty kill can hold strong, which power play can find a way to connect. It's so many different storylines. And you, I mean, it, it feels so up in the air uh, of who's going to to strike first. I know it was at all seven games that Seattle scored first in the in every single game. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, that's another big thing for us. We, uh, we had a few overturned goals on offside uh, calls that helped with that. But um, yes, that was another key for us and something yeah. that 
is a perfect example. I'm actually glad you brought that up because it's a perfect example of something that was very inconsistent last season <laughs> that had its moments, especially through our winning streaks this year, but was a lock solid in the postseason so far, which is scoring first, getting out ahead early. And I, as you were talking about that, I was also thinking about, do I think that a high-scoring affair versus keeping it tight is going to benefit Seattle in particular? Because if I remember correctly, we've had some decent scoring games between us. Uh, we lost yes. in regulation and in overtime. So, you know, um, that right there, just in, in, in three games, that did play to the Stars' advantage. And generally speaking, I don't think Seattle want to get into a, a shooting match. And we haven't had to worry about that because Philip Grubauer has been pretty solid. Yeah, and you talk about those regular season games. I think two of the three went to overtime. Dallas wins one in Seattle, and then Seattle wins one in Dallas. But it's going to be different if the I mean if it's close and highly contested because overtime isn't three on three now; it's five on five. So it becomes a little bit more of a you know a war of attrition, if you will, of endurance. Mm -hmm. And I know I know the Stars yeah. found themselves in Game One against Minnesota. They went to double overtime, and so I feel like we could potentially be due for at least one overtime game, if not multiple. Uh, given how yeah. well both goalies have played and you know how how defensively tight and defensively sound I think both teams are going to want to be because you don't want to make that first mistake in a playoff series that cost you a game and, and you find yourself down because you, know, you just never know with how momentum can swing in this postseason we've seen it all over the league we've seen it in the west we've seen it in the east but uh, it really you know just comes down to who's going to make that first mistake and who's going to be able to capitalize on the momentum but wrapping up here Erica I mean, we got to talk about just predictions and how we think this is all going to go down. Who do you think wins this series and how many games do you think it takes? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, first, just to buy myself some time, I love that you said <laughs> momentum so the everydayers who listen to Locked on Kraken know that our head coach hates that word. He doesn't believe momentum carries from game to game or series to series. So I have to make a little edit for the Kraken listeners and say we are <laughs> focused on determination. And with that determination, I say, ooh, I said six in last series. I think, I think we have... A, a pretty good chance of going, you know, six, I'd say probably five, six in this series as well. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I'm going to do what I did last, uh, series as well. So I'm going to say Dallas in six, but if we go seven, I like Seattle's chances. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think Dallas, is the better team and, and obviously that's not a, a slight to Seattle they've obviously taken care of business and took down the defending Stanley Cup champions they deserve to be here but I, I think you just look at the numbers you look at the roster I think Dallas is better suited for this series but I expect it to be competitive I, I don't expect it to be easy I can very well see these teams splitting the first two games in Dallas and then that makes things really interesting going to Climate Pledge Arena that I imagine is going to be one of the most insane atmospheres that we'll see in the playoffs all postseason with it being in the second round, but I, I'll, I'll go right there with you and I'll say stars in six, but if it goes to seven, I, I'm, I would be very, very nervous. Uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, we'll have to see what happens. And it's also interesting because we tend to play better on the road. So these early games are going to be critical for Seattle. Um, so, so we'll see what happens, but Dane, I, I'm not, 100% sure, but I, being that I'm in central, I'm in central time. If I can make my way to Dallas, I will be sure to let you know. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Let me know, and I'm I'm hoping to to maybe try to catch at least one of the games while they're here, just to to get a sense of that atmosphere, and exactly. uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But uh, let's go ahead now and, and wrap things up, Erica. If you want to let the people know, I know we got plenty of Kraken fans listening, but might be some Stars fans out there who want to get some more information on the Seattle team. If you want to let the people know where they can find you and your work, whether that be social media uh, as well as Locked On Kraken. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's start with the show. Just like every other Locked On podcast, you can find us anywhere you listen to audio. That includes SXM. I always get that one confused. So we want to make sure we put in that plug because now we're both in round two. So you can make sure you listen to the radio broadcasts in particular for the home teams. I know I like to listen to Everett while I'm watching the national broadcast. Um, But you can find Locked On Crack in the show on social media, Instagram and Twitter in particular, at Locked on Kraken. It's the same for YouTube. And you can find me, the show host, Erica L. Ayala at E. Lindsay. Yes, that's what the L stands for, Lindsay. E. Lindsay 08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y 08. Dane, how about you? We know Kraken fans, uh, we're, we're going to be playing some of your uh, nows and as we did before in the past. So where can we find you if we want to get a, a little taste of, of what's happening behind enemy lines? Yeah, absolutely. You can find Locked On Stars anywhere that you get your podcast at uh, the same places that you can find Locked On Kraken. It's probably it's Locked On Stars is going to be there as well. Also on YouTube and then social media, just search our show name, Locked On Stars, Twitter and Instagram. And I'm on Twitter as well at Dane double underscore Lewis because Dane with one Dane Lewis with one underscore was already taken. Uh, so I just added an additional one and, and Twitter said yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm working with what they give me. But yeah, if you want any... uh. I guess insight there from, from someone who watches every second of stars hockey and the occasional meme to, to cope with the loss possibly that, that, that that's, that's what you'll get. So uh, I'm excited to see how this series transpires, especially amongst these fan bases. Uh, I'm sure there will only be nothing but positive and kind things said uh, between both fan bases. That's exact. That's how it was with the stars and wild. No, no mean <laughs> words said whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Never, never. It's the Stanley cup playoffs. Everyone's best yeah. friends and everyone Absolutely. agrees on everything. <laughs> that's right. Everyone, you know, smells like rainbows and looks like, yes. you know, just spring dew. Everything's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But Erica, thank you so much for, for crossing over. And uh, I'm excited to see how this series unfolds and I'm sure we'll be keeping in touch throughout the entirety of it. Oh, absolutely. Well, best of luck to you. Have a great time with it. And yes, we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for listening to today's Squadcast episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. Don't forget, tonight we are having a watch party. You can join either on Playback or you can join us on YouTube. Check the links in the show notes, whether you're listening on audio or joining us on YouTube. We are uh, past 600 subscribers. We got a bunch in the last week or so, so let's keep climbing. I'd love to get to let's say 800 at least by the end of this is however down but we're taking our way to a thousand so pass it along grab your friends make sure you have your snacks and get ready to hold fast stay true and loud and proud scream to the heavens or at least all the way to dallas let's go kraken i'll see you either tonight or on tomorrow's episode of locked on kraken